Happy June 19th, Juneteenth, everybody. You're listening to Riot Radio Live. I'm Jace Harley. Once again, happy Juneteenth to all my people. Happy Independence Day. Coming live from Dirty Jersey. I touched base with my good friend and mentor, Kamal Kenyatta. Let's get into that. Today, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, Juneteenth and the history of Juneteenth with that, you know, that anniversary coming up. Um, and what that really means for our culture and our people. Um, I have a new um, record coming out called 1969. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that and the significance of just, you know, black history um, and Juneteenth and liberation of the black mind. Um, and with that, I wanted to really discuss that uh, with my, my longtime uh, mentor um, and professor who I've known for you know, long time now. Oh, well, uh, thank you for having me, Jason. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like every all the, all the homies that have known me for a long time, they know me as Jay Chris. You know, for the, for Jay people that Chris. I, I, like all, I, like, so I, I like all those names, man. I like yeah, all, it gets a little confused, know? but that's how I know you're you're an OG. You know me for a long time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we go back. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Um, regarding the Juneteenth, which is coming up. The celebration of African Americans. What actually happened? Emancipation occurred uh, after the Civil War by a group of African Americans, and it was in Texas, as I recall. They didn't get the word that slavery was over till almost two years later, mm-hmm. or some or somewhere in that time frame. Mm-hmm. It was, and no one told them, of course. And uh, when they uh, received that, that marked the beginning of a remembrance and a celebration each year by uh, our people. Um, and, and this is a celebration, the celebration of uh, independence or the, the end of formal slavery. And each year, you know, there are celebrations all over the country. Mm-hmm. The history was uh, there was an emancipation park uh, in in Texas in Houston Texas that was started in 1872, mm-hmm. um, and that it spread uh, Juneteenth the I guess the the celebration of it spread along with the Great Migration. Um, right, so exactly. many people don't know about the Great Migration, but you know I'm in Jersey. You know obviously we're 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 up north. We're in Jersey, yeah, um, PA. So I guess if you could talk to us a little bit more about you know the history of the great migration what like what what is that it almost sounds like the trail of tears or something like that you know but what what is it exactly yeah, the great migration the great migration has to do with well after the reconstruction after the collapse i should say of reconstruction um and the beginning of what was what is known as the jim crow era where our the rights of our ancestors was taken away from them they were trying to actually get back to uh pre-civil war environment by re-enslaving our people but and so what they did they began to terrorize you you had the ku klux klan that had begun right after the civil war the first phase of the ku klux klan i should say to terrorize uh, black people and, um, you know, began killing us, uh, legal restrictions and so forth. Because the Reconstruction period actually represented 
probably, in my in my estimation, the brightest period in this country's mm. history when they tried to do the right thing, or at least they said they were going to do the right thing by black people, mm-hmm. and they reneged on that. Uh-huh. Re- uh, turned the clock back and started that uh, whole period, and it became so. Uh, unsafe for our people in the South. As as you know, the majority of our people were in the South and still are in the South, but they tried to get some kind of relief. And so they began to move North and West. And that constituted that migration because you had millions of people that moved to the Northern, the Northern States, and to the midwestern states so you had people going into out of mississippi uh, delta going up into chicago mm-hmm. uh in, in that in that in those areas there and on the east coast more or less going up into uh new mm-hmm. jersey new york mm-hmm. boston um maryland uh th- those kind of places to get away from the assault that was being had on our people and so they figured that if they left there it seemed that it would be more uh they could start over so to speak in those places because they thought that you know it was less racist and it was to a degree however it was just it was just a cl- it was in, in in cloak because it kind of put them in a bind because they had no property so what they ultimately ended up happening for the industrialists in the north they were able to get labor cheap labor from our people they did at least have to pay them and then they had to uh, rent apartments so most of our people got stuck in those places in those in those places um yeah making very little money uh being you know just a step above a notch above sharecropping what was happening in the south you know and so that's what happened with the great migration we moved our people moved by the millions uh to the north and there were a couple of different time periods where there were uh spurts of that but that's what it's all known as the great migration is this this is prior to the um, the depression, right? Or this is around the time of the depression. Like to put this in, I guess, w- you know, white history book context. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think this is, you know, we don't, we're not really taught, you know, our history. So, right. we, you know, a lot of people, we, you know, we we learn things into context of, you know, the white history. So, where where was this along that 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 timeline? This was like like this. This is why I said there were different periods, depending on what part of the history you're talking about. As when uh, <coughs> excuse me, when uh, people uh, move, but the one that I was referring to just now, this happened before the um, the great what is known as the Great Depression in, in this country in the 1930s. So you're talking prior to that. You're talking about early 1900s, well, the late mm. 1890s, 1900s, 1900s um, in in that period. Because uh, I know that my grandfather was part of that great migration. Mm. He was born in 1906, so somewhere in the 1920s, that that 
that he was part of it. Because it wasn't just like at one time, one year, or a, a month, or a couple of years. It was over a substantial period of time. Because what you have, you'd have the first wave of some of the family that would go there. And then those that were left behind, they would ultimately come and they had a place to come to or some some family members. And they all kind of congregated, uh, regardless of family, in one area. But that's that was part of how the Europeans contained our people. They put them, put them in one area. Mm. And so, uh, but that, that turned out to be a good thing in some respects because it created community. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where if they had been more spread out, it would have been much more difficult. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically the time period. Then you have probably in the 1960s, late 50s, something like that, you have another migration that takes place because this assault, this white supremacist assault uh, by the Ku Klux Klan and the terrorism that was going with it was unrelented and, and by unrelenting and by that time this is by the time you get to the 1960s you're almost at the third phase of the Ku Klux Klan because most people think the Klan just started and it just kept going no it there was a first wave of the Ku Klux Klan it, yeah, it, it, it died it dissipated. out yeah it died yeah. out you had a second uh wave of it and um and you're in another whole phase of it now. <laughs> okay. Very true. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so going into that that phase that I guess you said that 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 third phase and I guess that's kind of rounding out where, where what takes us to like the '60s. And the reason that yeah. I, I like I focused on 1969. I know 68 was pivotal, but I felt like 69 was the end of that era. I feel like things changed. Like. You know, in 70, I look at 70 as much different. And I think, I feel like, especially 69 with uh, with the death of uh, Fred Hampton, um, I think when, when we kind of channel the spirit of Black Rebellion, the last real remnant of it was from that era. Um, and th- uh, the other reason I chose that sign was, I mean, that, that year was uh, symbolic because of the the inversion of the sixes as defiant to, to, to the Christ or, or white supremacy, you know, as the antichrist, you know, and um, it's one of the, the lines is that I use is good to be black on the Sabbath and, and, and in, in, in things that they deem to be precious and holy and white. It's like to take the, the power back out of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, this is the passion. The only thing Christian in fashion She all on my dick, I'm a savage I love being black on the Sabbath Way out the onion and bag it Flash a band, but they jump on the wagon And the gamer won't see me on Madden Chop up the OZ in the salad That melody singing a ballad Life is a bitch and a challenge Yo, I wanna sit from a chalice I love die the shit out your palace This the memoir of an artist and heathen Chasing a nun, a gun, a heathen It's almost like, I, as a person that grew up in the church growing up I, I was almost brainwashed to fear other antichrist Anything that was not of Christ is antichrist And therefore is deemed not worthy and not holy enough it's 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 actually it will send you to hell it's a, t- it's a one-way ticket to hell in a yeah, nutshell yeah yeah actually actually you were not almost brainwashed you were, were brainwashed as well as i was mm-hmm. you know we were completely, completely brainwashed yeah. it's a miracle that we have been able to uh 
rescue our mind, you know? Yeah. Very true. <laughs> Very true. 68 is is the year that everybody focused on because it was, it was like the, it was the, the combustion of a powder keg that had been brewing for all over a decade, a couple of decades, and, and it exploded uh, in 68 and 69, of course, there is it's after the dust settles so to speak yeah, you know yeah. um but the things that led up uh, what at that time i was only about i was only about 12 years old i remember well i remember when dr king was killed because i remember my grandmother's reaction and everybody else's reaction around me and i had seen him you know a little bit on television and i knew a little bit about him uh but it was devastating to our community at that point uh but prior to that you you know uh what three years before that you had malcolm that had been killed then you had uh um um, um evers uh mississippi um that had been killed uh and many many others that the uh, names that don't get as much recognition um the assault was like just and that was that was a backlash of Johnson, President Johnson signing the Civil yeah. Rights wow. uh, Act uh, back then and the voting mm-hmm. rights. The white people were reacting to that. And um, this was their, their, their backlash. So 68, you and, and also you have not only what's going on in the black community, our community, you have the women's movement that, that's fighting for their rights. You have the uh, Hispanics. The Mexicans, you have uh, the Indians, so-called Indians, all of these groups fighting for their rights. And like you said, you have the Panthers, uh, you got the Us organization that's that, that's there. After 68, mm-hmm. as I say, I think we call it where the dust was after the dust settled, it was a kind of new day. Then you also had the uh, ushering in of the um, what are they called? Well, you had the hippies and so forth because you had white organizations too. I forgot to mention you had white organizations that were revolting against uh, the system, as it were, particularly on college campuses. And um, you also had this was a real volatile piece that kind of pulled everybody together: the Vietnam yeah. War. People started questioning because you were sending off airplane loads of young American men, black and white, to this place, and they were being slaughtered over there. And people began to wonder, well, why are we there anyway? Nobody really knows. (laughs) Like, people know about the Vietnam War, but most people don't really know why we were there. They don't have a clue. Because just a, a little background. What happened there, that Vietnam was a colony of France. And France was trying to whip them into shape. And you had the rise of um, Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh was in the north. And and um, he actually admired America. He wanted to recreate the kind of democracy that America mm-hmm. had there. Okay. But the French were like, nah, they were... They were bombing them, but they couldn't beat them. And so the French decided to pull out. America decided, oh, how, how, 
We're not gonna stand for being humiliated by this little insignificant country, humiliating our cousins like that. Let's go over there and take care of it. And so the United States goes in there and it's an utter, utter disaster because they cannot defeat these people. They bombed them, I mean, they tried to bomb them back in the year three or four and they couldn't, uh -huh. they, they couldn't. And if you read the history, you were there. why they couldn't? Because they had created these uh, underground uh, tunnels that they, they, they it was, it's, it's a work of art, what they did with these underground tunnels. They had whole like little cities up on the underground, wow. supplies, they could last forever. And the United States hubris, couldn't figure American it out. Hubris. And it was a guerrilla yeah, warfare. Yeah, they, they, they really, it just goes to mm -hmm. show, yeah. like, you know, pride cometh before the fall. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that war kind of pulled disparate groups together in a way that this country didn't like. And then that, as a result of what you just mentioned, you have COINTELPRO. The government has to say, hey, look, we can't let this happen. We can't let these people get together because if they get together, it's going to be the end of us. So they went to war um, on the American people through um, the infiltration and disinformation to get these groups fighting against each other. And then they, they just had an all-out assault on these, particularly, as you mentioned, uh, Fred Hampton, yep. Panthers, and so forth. But I, I feel like we haven't progressed as rapidly as things did in the 60s. Is that just me? Or do, do I feel no, like... No, no, you, you, you're absolutely right. You know, because uh, one of the things that I'm, I, 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 my criticism is, okay, is, is, is why were the groups in the 60s able to organize themselves so well? And when you hear many of them talking, man, the eloquence of the language and the, mm -hmm. and the understanding of the the principles and the ideas that they grasp, grasp because it's because yep. they read. They were, and what most people don't know, most people think these were just people on the streets that just got together. When you, when you look at the Panthers, for example, most people think they were just a bunch of black guys that was hanging out on the streets and got together. The Panthers started at a community college. Yeah, some of them were lawyers, right? Well, Huey Newton, that's what he was going, he was studying. He was studying law. He was planning, he was planning on becoming a lawyer. So you, you, they were not lightweight guys, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Um, and he discovered this law on the California books where you could carry a gun in the open. And it was like, hey, we can carry a gun. And, you know, with the police brutality that was going on, they decided, well, when the police come into our community, we'll just be standing of, of far off and watching, making sure they do the right thing. And, mm -hmm. and they had their guns. And, of course, the police see this, and they're like, hey, wait a minute, who the heck are you? What are y'all out here without these guns? And they cited the law to them, and there was nothing they could do about it because it yeah, was the law. law. Yep. That's Riot Radio Live for the day. Happy Juneteenth. Shout out to Professor Kenyatta. Follow the links for more content. More interviews on Riot Radio Live coming up. If you haven't, make sure to subscribe on Patreon, jaysharley.com. Let's get it.